saying behind that introduction? Yes, the most famous theatre organ name of the lot, at least in Britain. Reginald Dixon broadcasting to the nation from a packed Blackpool Tower ballroom in one of his weekly live Wednesday morning shows on the Wurlitzer in the summer of 1963. We're going to hear from some other famous names from the pioneers of the theatre organ on radio and records in this programme, but for now, let's go back to Mr. Dixon at the Tower and back in time too to 1937. Since this is my September show, let's have Regis September in the Rain medley. <laughs> same Wurlitzer that is still entertaining visitors 85 years later. Probably the first theatre organist to gain mass popularity was Reginald Ford, first on radio and then on records. 
he was already broadcasting a weekly programme from the New Gallery in London in 1926 on radio station 2LO, before even the BBC as we know it had been constituted. Well, Fort was very much an orchestral player and his disc featuring In a Monastery Garden and In a Persian Market was made at the New Gallery in 1927 just three years after electrical recording development had made high quality recording possible. In 1936 he was appointed BBC staff organist on their new Compton organ and by 1937 he'd been voted the most popular radio entertainer in Britain. In 1938 of course he started touring with his giant five manual Moller theatre organ and here he is at that instrument somewhere in Britain. enough for a travelling organ 
all over the place from Reginald Fort. Fort, in his own words, was never a rhythm merchant, but it didn't stop him trying, even though his rhythmic playing could be a bit leaden at times. But his obvious musicianship and warm, friendly voice endeared him to listeners. The rhythm merchants soon began to make inroads, though. Uh, stylists like, well, Reginald Dixon, as we've just heard, and people like Robinson Cleaver, Dudley Bevan and Sidney Torch were making quite an impact. However, it was not one of these gentlemen who was chosen to take over from Fort as BBC theatre organist, but much to the surprise of many in the business, Sandy McPherson was given the job. Sandy again had a friendly, fireside radio manner, and his rich Canadian tones soon made him almost part of the establishment. In fact, it's been said that he almost held the BBC, uh, and indeed the, the, the whole country together, during the first few chaotic days of the Second World War. Here he is at the BBC Compton in Saturday, September the 2nd, 1939. Middlesex versus Kent at Lords. Match cancelled. Emergency session of Parliament. Weekend social appointments mostly cancelled. Harrogate Dog Show carries on. British ultimatum to Germany. This is the BBC Home Service. Sandy McPherson at the organ.
So there comes into our very homes the first break with familiar routine. BBC Home Service. Gone on national and regional. We are suddenly aware that somewhere behind the scenes, wheels are in motion. Secret plans are being put into action. Radio Times on sale only yesterday is scrapped. Emergency programs now, the news and records and Sandy. And the news and records and Sandy. Take a look at that discarded Radio Times with its programs for next week. A television premiere of a new Jesse Matthews musical show. The prom concerts from Queen's Hall. On this page, by the way, there's an advertisement for tobacco at 11 pence halfpenny an ounce. The British Association meeting at Dundee. The Bouquet's concert party from Scarborough. The St. Ledger. Well, we shan't hear any of those now, whatever happens. The BBC programme departments have left London for their secret emergency studios. The idea is that when, as most people expect, the war opens with a super blitz on London, broadcasting will continue from down there, somewhere in England. The orchestras and their instruments have gone, the secretaries and their typewriters, uh, the producers and piles of scripts, radio plays, variety shows, all have been loaded up and driven away into the country, leaving us at Broadcasting House to carry on with the news and records and Sander uh, and the news and records and Sander. tonight and over the rainbow. You also heard the voices of Freddie Grisewood and John Snagg in that extract from the 1957 BBC documentary Scrapbook for 1939. Quentin MacLean was arguably the theatre organist most admired by his colleagues on, on both sides of the organ divide and his weekly broadcasts of mainly light orchestral music from the Trocadero Elephant and Castle were very popular, as indeed were his interludes for his cinema audiences, where he would often let his hair down with popular rhythmic presentations. Only a fraction of his recorded output from the Trocadero has ever been reissued, and I don't think this 78 has, from 
McLean showcasing the Trocadero's beautifully regulated pipework there in his Garland of Roses medley, in which you heard Wedding of the Rose to a Wild Rose, Rose in the Bud, Love's Garden of Roses, Only a Rose, and Roses from the South. Now, as I said earlier, rhythmic players were gaining in popularity, and one that commanded great respect was Sidney Torch, whose weekly broadcast started in 1935 and which followed him from cinema to cinema as he moved from Edmonton to Kingston to Kilburn and even the odd wartime spot from the Empire Leicester Square while he was in the services. He took up the post of conductor of the RAF Orchestra in 1944 and that marked the end of his organ broadcasts. Thereafter, his broadcast appearances were as orchestral conductor. I don't know if there are any surviving recordings of his broadcasts, but there are plenty of commercial recordings, including this one from the Regal Kingston in 1937. <laughs> Thank you. 
Kingston with Looking Around Corners for You. While we're at Kingston, let's say hello to Joseph Seal, who, as musical director for ABC Cinemas, was based there from the 1950s. Another prolific broadcaster and recording artist, he had his own endearing style, and here he is, ending a mere ten-minute late-night broadcast with two sleepy people. Two sleepy people, Joseph Seal says goodnight from the Regal Cinema, Kingston upon Thames. Seals broadcasts that was billed as coming from the Regal. After that, it was simply the ABC. And talking of ABC organist, Dudley Savage is in some ways a bit of an odd man out. He began regular broadcasting in 1938, but his programmes were abruptly interrupted by his war service. After the war, he became much loved through his hospital request programmes from the ABC Plymouth, which were broadcast in the west of England and by a quirk of technology in Brighton, Folkestone and Bexhill as well. After a rather unsteady transition from 1967, when Radio 4 replaced the home service, popular demand and a 40,000 signature petition saw him promoted to Radio 2 and national coverage. 
I recorded this track off air in 1975 and I'm delighted to say it can now be heard by anyone with a copy of Dudley Savage's double CD, Perfect Partners. Nostalgic sounds from Dudley Savage at the ABC Plymouth Compton. There are many other organists who could justifiably be included in a list of famous names of the past, but I can't finish the programme, surely, without a mention of the ubiquitous Robin Richmond. I plan to devote a whole programme to him at a later date, but let's finish now with Robin in gentle mode and one of his favourite emotionally styled arrangements, Good Night My Love, played here in concert on the Granada Welling Wurlitzer in 1974. <laughs>
sweet interpretation of Goodnight My Love, echoing the emotions of a great many of us, I suspect, as we said a shared goodbye to Queen Elizabeth II on Monday. Well, I hope you enjoyed my selection of the many famous names of the theatre organ past who entertain us so well. Now next week, guest presenter Robert Hope Jones will be back in the chair and I'll see you next month. From me, John Leeming, it's bye for now. Thank you.